Welcome to the Awakened and Dead podcast. My name is Chris Bale, and today we are uh, joined once again by Jakob, who was here probably a few months back at this point, uh, where we had a conversation on the podcast. So this follow-up has been kind of sitting there in the background for a while, and I'm, I'm glad that we've been able to to get it officially scheduled and and know it's happening. So welcome back, Jakob. Thank you for for wanting to do another run of this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Of course. I'm uh, excited to to get to talk to you again. It was fun last time. So I have a bunch of burning questions. Beautiful. All right. Well, please feel free to take the lead on that. Okay, cool. Um, I guess I, yeah, I did an introduction of myself last time, but I think my first question will, uh, require maybe a little bit of background. So I might as well just go through it again, but, um, I, um, well, I guess I didn't mention last time, but I, I am a professional kind of filmmaker. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do, um, animations and stuff like that and, uh, all kinds of visual work really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, what I've been thinking about and, and dealing with a lot since last time we spoke is essentially, uh, the, I guess the dilemma between where to put my focus, cause, uh, it seems like the more I'm, uh, getting in touch with my own body and listening to my own uh, needs. Uh, from that perspective, uh, it we, like I, it's almost like I can't do two things at once. And mm-hmm. my mind is naturally very imaginative and I have all this like imagery in my mind. And, uh, it, that's, that's my job. That's my passion as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, and for me, it seems almost like those two are fighting sometimes because uh, as much as I want to be present in my body and, and kind of uh, stay grounded and focus my awareness on on my breathing and my relaxation and all these things, um, I just noticed that when I'm in my most creative space and I'm, I'm, I'm it's all imagery it's all mind and i'm just it's just thoughts and i forget about all that stuff and i'm in my own little world and i can spend mm-hmm. hours and hours there and and it makes me feel very engaged and excited but then all of a sudden like uh many hours has passed and and i forgot all about uh, attending to the the vehicle um so i'm just curious to if if this is uh it's a like a how do you go about, um, do you like delegate time during your day where you're just allowed to, to think and envision a bunch of stuff or are you just always focused on feeling, uh, mm. feeling the body? Yes. Um, the latter <clears throat> of what you said for me is, is what's generally true. But I've noticed that the deeper I'm 
being in myself and with myself, whatever is the truest, will come into inspiration through that. So it's almost like that experience of the stillness and the calmness that then starts to, to overflow into inspiration or creativity when it's actually very much aligned with me versus the obsessive, addictive type of thinking patterns that may have me over-creating or creating for reasons that are not actually healthy. Um, especially right now, we're living in a time, I feel, where everyone is just so much in over-creation, over-expression. Like everyone is so much to say about everything all the time. like social media drives this especially there's nothing wrong with it necessarily but i feel we're really in a phase where we're getting so locked into and addicted to the expression creative output energetic that we're very disconnected from the ability to actually listen and learn through listening, learn through hibernating, learn through, you know, for me, I want that inspiration almost like you're you're holding a child inside. You know, I want to nourish that. I want to water the soil of whatever creation and inspiration is starting to seed itself. And I don't I don't want to start to release it when it's still completely undercooked. So for me, there's a balance of okay, I, I feel in my body there's there's a desire to create this thing or to express this thing or to move from this place. But I'm going to wait until it becomes so big, until it's swelled so gigantically in my system that now it has to overflow. But it will overflow from a, of a, from a place of it not draining me in the expression of it. I feel like a lot of things that people are sharing are just, you know, half cooked chunks of chicken that are still raw inside it hasn't had enough time in the oven and because of that the person doesn't have any wisdom ground to support it and oftentimes we'll see that you know we can burn out going into that creative energy as you mentioned you know 10 12 16 hours later you kind of come into consciousness about yourself and you're like, oh, wow, I'm I'm exhausted and I'm feeling unwell. And now I have to crash and rest for the next few days because I've just completely blown my gasket. So mm. uh, for me, it's always been a process of balance because I was the other way, right? Very, the analogy I use is, is like blowing your load. Like I was constantly blowing my load energetically in terms of creative energy where it would start to become obsessive like a drug addiction mm. because there's dopamine mm. and serotonin and all these other things, chemicals that are being released. But when I really feel back into it now, I, I can see that, oh, that that expression was just because I was feeling anxious or I was nervous in myself and I needed, I just wanted to move something. I wanted to hyper-focus into something else as a form of distraction. And I feel a lot of our, our expression, if it's not allowed time to cook and develop itself through being in the body, through feeling our essence, then it can be very 
premature in its quality. Mm. So for you, I would be really inviting you into having a balance of not immediately listening to the burst that wants to come through you and instead just sitting with it for a few moments and relaxing back into it because maybe it will start to transform in its frequency or, or its feeling if you just take a few moments to pause with it to see if it really does want to come through in this way or if it does want to come through in this way well, now you have to balance the titration of it through mm. staying in the body. Because what I don't necessarily agree with is that, because this is a common question I get from, from people in different capacities, and it's always either one or the other. It's like, okay, so I'll either be yeah. in my mind and my creativity, blowing my load everywhere, or I'll be super still in beingness in my body and doing nothing. And... That, that sure there can be black and white versions of that but that's never what i would want a person to, to develop in themselves i want to carry my beingness with me in my form of creation so that it never burns itself out so that it's always supported underneath by this undulating thick nourishing relaxed peaceful feminine earthy type of energy where you're not just getting completely lost and pulled out of the body into the head into obsessiveness. So it's less about one or the other. And it's, I would say it's more about joining them and balancing them within your inner experience, because why yeah. do you have to lose yourself to be creative? I guess my, uh, at the stage I'm at now, I, I, it it's like just staying in my body doesn't really come natural to me so i have to either focus on doing that so i, I guess right. it's more of a multitasking thing like i can't do both at the same time but i i guess i've been so focused on staying in my body that i kind of neglected my creativity and then i all mm -hmm. of a sudden pick up a pencil and i'm like oh my god like this is really like making mm -hmm. stuff happen inside and and and, mm -hmm. uh, and so that's kind of where where i'm coming from and but i i, I agree with the the black and white thing that's uh yeah that's, when uh, you when you're in the pen character like, trait of mine <laughs> when you're holding the pencil be in your hand feel the paper mm -hmm. feel the vibratory rate in your hand and your fingers how you're holding the pencil be acutely sensually aware of your butt on the chair as you're drawing through on that piece of paper feeling your legs drawing onto the paper so rather than drawing from your head just your head or just your hand can you draw from your body so feeling sense that your body is is actually moving whatever is coming out of you right i feel that could be a way to support the the health of your creativity rather than it just coming from one place having it actually come from your entire body uh, as a as a visceral experience yeah I, I think um one thing that i've noticed is uh definitely that uh kind of just in general the more i can do one thing properly at, mm -hmm. like uh at the time the better so um so even when i'm in my creative space and it can get really like messy and, and emotional and um mm. 
there is kind of like this mad scientist vibe about it where I, I really feel like the the genius also comes through you know mm-hmm. um not to sound too arrogant but it's like that's it's in the in the messiness that's where the the good stuff comes but uh i guess i'm trying to uh develop a a little bit of a awareness to when to take breaks then and and and, and relax fully and and step away from it fully um, yes because it's a little like um yeah it's because you're you're saying also the obsessive um kind of in super intense uh, creative outbursts um that they they can also come from a place of addiction or a place of uh, you right. know like a, a bit of an unhealthy place but i'm just afraid that that's where the good stuff lies as well you know well i mean i agree with you because some of the most beautiful art ever created on the planet musically visually has all come from deep pain and trauma and being caught in that in that intensity so i'm not here to say you'll do better art if you're more present (laughs) but i will say you'll be healthier in the process of exploring your art and you you do have the ability to have your art be more long-term more grounded and Mm. if you can balance it you know there's i'm not going to pretend there's a there's a level of perfection here that exists within this balance um Maybe it is important that in moments you just completely get caught up and lost by it. But once you have the tools and the means to know how to bring yourself back down into the earth, I feel that's mm. what's most important. Yeah. And I agree. You can equate that to, to being in sex, right? To being in intimacy. And and the pull as a man to to want to, to orgasm or to ejaculate. But you're wanting mm. to experience the art of the intertwining with this other person, the art of orgasm, while also mm. staying deeply present so you can sustain the art of orgasm so that mm. you don't get pulled yeah. into ejaculation and then you're blown out and you lose it. Yeah. So it's actually more probably to do with your capacity to cultivate the ability to stay present with your own intensity. And mm. with your own genius, with your own creativity. Because when it takes you and you're lost to it, that's the same in sex when the sexual energy or the woman takes you and now you're lost to it. There's not much really of a difference in, in both of those things. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, is uh, it like the second you were saying that, it's like I... I, I my system understands the analogy instantly like yes yes that that is a lot of the same feeling you know mm-hmm. uh it's 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 almost about the, the, this balancing act of of uh ripe well, not ripening the fruit that's not a word or sentence is it like it's what am i trying to say here like um like you wanna you wanna enjoy and you wanna take part in the 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 intensity and the craziness of of uh, the joy of 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 that pleasure expression pleasure. yeah and pleasure but at the same time be strong enough to not let it completely consume you i guess yes um, mm. yeah that's it that's it that's the core piece of it we figured it 
out. Yes, it, it nice. only took us uh, only took us like eighteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Cool. Mm. Um, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit Qigong, shall we? Mm -hmm. So this is. Um, I've been I've been doing it. Uh, I I took bought your your course. Yes, and it is weird. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's a constant battle between my rational mind and my. Um, I don't know trust in in you. I guess. Uh, so as I'm doing the exercises or movements or whatever you want to call it uh and i'm trying to stay present with it it's like i can do it for a bit and then i'm like what the fuck am i doing you know mm -hmm. um so um so uh, and I, I can't i can't say that i reached a, a point where it's obvious to me the the benefits from it um mm -hmm. but i but i'm 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 still doing it. I'm still giving it a go, um, and on a very technical uh, level, I guess I was curious about because you we touched upon this a while back about this. Um, I guess the difference between like the qigong practice and the meditation practice, and how they're kind of mm -hmm. uh, tapping into different types of uh, energy. Mm -hmm. And they they bring different um, benefits, I guess. Uh, and I've also been doing the polarity meditation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was thinking, like, does it make sense to start the day by doing some qigong, like as a as a like a first thing in the morning, just to just to set the the focus and the intention of the day, kind of uh, just starting with the the vehicle in a sense and, and 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 just tap into that for a bit and then can that like help me during the day throughout the day from 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 that um session does that make sense yes <clears throat> the morning is the time where we're the most receptive Whatever yeah. a person's priority is in their life, it's going to be deeply beneficial for them to be connecting with that thing as quickly as possible up, upon opening their eyes and getting out of bed. So mm. does it make sense to do Qigong in the morning? Absolutely. For me, the morning is uh, is the time where how I'm relating and embodying the rest of the day, that's where it's built. So mm. my mornings, um, my mornings are for that. Yeah, the okay. mornings are my deepest practice. Mm. My slowest. And pace. do you do? Yeah. Do you do qigong several times a day? I mean, several you're you're teaching it, so I guess that's kind of uh, different. Then. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, am I doing qigong? So qigong is a set of movements. Um, I'm being for my entire day. 
from my, my practices, the moment that I am consciously aware that I am waking up inside of my body before my eyes even open, you know, that phase where you realize you're waking up, but your eyes are still mm-hmm. closed, you're in between. That is the mm-hmm. first moment where I'm consciously snatching my attention and I'm bringing it from the mind as it's starting to wake up and wanting to think about stuff and, and go into all of its stuff. That's the first moment where I consciously start to bring my awareness, my feeling awareness down into my body as I'm in bed. And that'll, that's when my practice starts. So I'm waking up in that way of practicing. And from here, you know, I'm generally very slowly starting my day and walking down the stairs or wherever I happen to be. If it's possible, I'll immediately go outside and sit down um, just to be in my body outside and to look at the sky, maybe some trees, just to remind myself first thing immediately that this is what I come from. The most traumatizing way to wake up is immediately turning on technology, one eye open, scrolling on your phone. Because that is going to remind you that you're, you're technology-based. <laughs> That's going to start programming you in a very unnatural way. So my first point of contact is mama. For me, mama mm. is nature. For me, mama is feeling. And mm. that is what I start my day with. And I may just be sitting on a chair outside, you know, for five minutes, for 10 minutes, for 30 seconds if it's bitter cold. But then the next step is generally I'm sitting down and I'm I'm having a, a very intentional time sitting with tea and I'm having three, four bowls of tea. Everything has to be laid out for that. That's all happening very slowly. The water has to boil and I'm waiting and hearing the water as it's boiling and I'm choosing and smelling which tea I'd like to experience today, which one feels like it could be supportive for me. And so the the whole morning, it's all very sensually based and intentional. After sitting with tea for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour in silence, no technology, uh, just me, my body, warm water, leaves, feeling. Uh, then, depending on my work schedule, of course, and what time it is, if I don't have a session early, then uh, I'll be going into alchemy practice for maybe 90 minutes um, where I'm just absorbing energy. Um and then later on in the day, I'll do another form of that, whether it's another 90 minutes, which is most common, or maybe a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less if I'm on the move or I have extra sessions. But that's that's generally it. All of that is wonderful, but it's not the most important thing. The most important thing that I say to everyone is it doesn't matter if you're doing Qigong, if you're doing yoga, you can do all of that stuff completely unconscious and disembodied. But then you could also have your practice be taking your morning morning poop and being so deeply present in your body and that experience that it becomes a spiritual practice. So mm. Qigong is just a benchmark for, hey, here are some movements. You choose whether you're in your body as you do them or whether you're not in your body as you do them. The only practice that gets away with that in terms of the only practice I've ever experienced that you can give it to someone who has no interest in ever being in their body or being present, but they're just very sick, very ill, 
They're they're in no way conscious or leaning towards a uh, spiritual development proclivity. Uh, the only practice I've found that will still absolutely bring a person back into physical health and healing um, and relief and uh, subtle development under the surface is the alchemy practice that I initiate people into. That is the most mind-boggling practice that I've ever come across, and it, it just does what it does. But, of course, it can also be deepened, and it can be more beneficial when we are in a place of embodied practice. But in general, all other practices I've ever dabbled in, I've ever went into, whether it's Qigong or yoga or meditation, they're all null and void. They're nothing more than fancy movements and nice stretches, which are wonderful for the physical body. Um, but really, they're nothing more than that if the person is not imbibing their their physicality. But I've I've worked with and assisted practitioners of 8, 10, 15 years in different types of modalities that are all about embodiment, but they themselves are not actually in their body. Mm. Because the practice will never do it for you. So that's the part that I want to get across to people. Nothing what I share in, in the things that I do in my day actually matter other than me being in my viscerality, feeling my own vibratory rate as it surges through my body right here, right now, on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, and noticing all the times where it starts to move away or it's not there or I've lost contact with it. Well, that means I've left myself or that means that something that has happened has triggered a past traumatic response in me that has my system contract around the frequency and it pushes spirit out. It pushes feeling out. That's why I always say that relaxation is my religion because that's the most important piece of all of this. Can we relax into ourselves so that we can be alive? Can we have that be the foundation, the feeling of I'm existing right now? How do I know that? Not that I'm thinking about it. How do you know you're alive and existing right now? If you were to remove the concept in your head of it, what would help you know absolutely that you are existing right now? That's our felt sense. Mm. So that is the, that is the, the North Star in, in my day personally. And then everything I put in around that is just things I enjoy, things that feel supportive. Um, the body is physical. It's helpful to move the body. It's helpful to have a strong, strong body, which is why there's other moments where I'm in calisthenic work, whether it's lifting weights or it's body weight or pull-ups and push-ups and dips and body weight squats. There's different things that we ultimately are having to to understand and care for in ourselves, mm. then the challenge just becomes, what's the balance of that? What's the most suitable frequency for this season in my life today? And mm. often we just want to know it and set it forever, right? That's, that's the mind, especially the male mind. It's like, okay, give me the A, B, C, D, E. That's correct. And then I want to just set that in my life and leave it that way forever. And I know that's set. Well, we don't work that way because we have seasons. Everything is seasonal. And what is good for you today is not something that may be 
the same uh, in terms of its impactfulness tomorrow. That's where being in our body and feeling ourselves is so helpful because we're listening to the thing that's keeping us alive. Um, and, and one more kind of time, final bow on that, on the sharing is what I realized as I was starting my own process of imbibing myself and being in myself. I realized that I had spent most of my life, most of my days operating and behaving and doing things without any confirmation or without ever tuning into the felt sense of how am I actually doing right now? It's such a basic question, a question we tend to ask someone that we love or care about if we see that they're having a, a difficult time. How are you doing? But we rarely ask ourselves, hey, uh, how am I doing right now? What am I feeling right now? What, what's my state? What, what's my state of being this morning? What's my state of being this evening? And taking mm -hmm. that time just to look for our state of being, because that, that question is just a pointer. When you say, how am I feeling right now? How am I doing? Well, we have to do something internally to answer that question. Mm -hmm. And the body knows how to answer the question. We don't know how the body knows how to answer the question because we're just making a statement. But as soon as we ask that question, we're vacuumed back inside. We're, we're, we're drawn back inside of ourselves into our nervous systems. And I think if someone done nothing else in their life other than just asking themselves that question five, six, seven times a day, just throughout their day, they would start to embody themselves and have a much deeper connection with themselves than they may have ever had before. And I see people in daily practice of yoga or other practices, and they're just going a million miles a minute, caffeinated out of their brain, you know, so young in their experience, desperately attempting to, to find a sense of peace and calm in their life, a sense of meaning, a sense of happiness and relief from how they're experiencing their life and oftentimes prioritizing a simple question as a pointer can actually be way more effective than than anything else that they're doing that's just my my experience with with myself and assisting other people we complicate it a lot we think we have to do a lot of stuff in order to actualize ourselves or to to truly come back into our center and the more elaborate the practices the more powerful it is and it's it's never shown itself than being so much further from that truth it's actually the simplest things that that are the most nourishing mm -hmm. i got a See when you when you say all that stuff, I feel a little bit cheated because there are you know when I'm doing the qigong course, mm -hmm. there are different movements where you would say like this ex like this movement particularly is extremely powerful or extremely you know nourishing or something like that, and then if the only 
if that's like doing those exercises is secretly just a kind of a uh, a way to get me to stay in my body and and the movements themselves doesn't really do much that's a little bit like uh, i don't know not black and like... white there's 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 yeah. a multitude there's a multitude of levels to that experience the first level is the person who is uh, going through a lot of stuff in their life, incredibly overstressed, has no interest in being present. But they show up and they do the movements. Well, guess what? Those movements are going to bring a certain level of circulation, relaxation, and embodiment without that person forcing themselves to try to be present or in their body. Will it do the ultimate depth that's possible if they were? Of course not, because it's different levels. So if that person, as they start to relax, through the circulatory movements of their lymph starting to open up, their tendons starting to elongate, the muscles starting to open and come off of the bone. Well, now they start to feel more of themselves because the movements very physically are giving them an opportunity to focus more on their viscerality for a moment. This will create space. Space creates an area for more energy, for more of ourselves to be felt so then whether the person's trying or not, as they start to shift through those levels, well, now they start to embody themselves more. They start to maybe even be drawn to practicing presence. Maybe they start to be drawn to wanting to meditate more. Everything is a loop cycle. It all feeds itself. But the movement can be incredibly powerful. Let's let's use the, the movement as an example in some of the Qigong that I teach of pushing mountains, right? That very simple movement mm. that you're just pushing out in front of you. If you yeah. do that completely out of the body, that is going to be mm. great for your joints. It's going to be great for the muscles. It's going to be helpful in opening up the shoulders very physically, relieving pain in between the vertebrae that are running down through the upper spine and right down into the lumbar area. It also is going to start strengthening the legs because of the stance that it's putting the person in, a very subtle stance. But when we strengthen the legs physically, what happens? We strengthen the kidney energy. The kidney energy strengthens the Ming Men. The Ming Men helps pr protect the Jing or the life essence of that person. Now, before you know it, their migraines start to go away because their body composition has been shifting internally. That's the most base level of the, the approach to it. Well, now if we start bringing embodiment and inner feeling and awareness in, subtlety, sensation, we start to lock our breathing in. This quietens the mind even more, and then the energetic facilities start to open more to us. So it's not so black and white. Everything will mm -hmm. have a consequence. Everything will have an effect physically, energetically, spiritually, to whatever level we start to meet it at. But mm -hmm. it's, an, it's an absorption process. It's not either or. Yeah, okay. So that's important just for your, your analytical head to, to kind of understand <laughs> is everything is ultimately trying to help us, I feel. That's just my approach with everything. Mm -hmm. There's always a helpfulness. Life is ultimately, there. there is a level of benevolence present in the fact that we went to sleep last night and both of us woke up today alive. Right? Mm -hmm. There's a support system here for us. There is a benevolence. There is a desire to have us be in harmony and balance and in health and in vitality. And anything we do 
will always ultimately be attempting to support more of that in us because that's how life exists. That's how it thrives. So anything I can give anyone at any level of their development or awareness or consciousness, I will give that and share that with them. Um, but as I said, it, there's so many different levels to this. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, it's uh, like even uh, when, when you're going into like the, the practical uh, or the very specific kind of uh, effects of how strengthening that will strengthen this and then that will strengthen the, mm -hmm. the kidney or like I have no... I have no, um, I have no uh, tools or knowledge to to confirm if that if that is true or not. You know. Well, leave, uh, leave your confirmationary tool not be me or any of the words I say. Have it be you showing up in diligent practice over an extended period of time, so that you can then turn around and you can decide, yeah, it's good or no, it's it's bullshit. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, but but I, I don't think I will ever like wake up and go like, yeah, I can feel my kidney energy is really strong today or something like that, you know. See that uh, that's, that's that's the limitation of your mind. Thank you for listening to some of today's episode. If you'd like to hear the full conversation, along with live qigong classes, Q and A group sessions, and tea with Chris, you can head over to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Chris Bale. Thank you as always for your support and we will see you back here on the next episode. Ciao.